Yes, thank you. Um, hello, good morning, everybody. I think we're all flagging. I'll, I'll try to be energetic. Um, my sincere <laughs> thanks to Matt for putting this together. And also, I, I love being the only Japan person uh, give, presenting uh, in, these, in these panels. It's uh, given me a chance to contextualize my work. And I'm going to end, end my, uh, my presentation with real questions, not rhetorical you know, conference questions, but actual questions in the hope that I'll get solicit uh, useful feedback from you. I'm going to set the stage a little bit, and I want to tell a story from the field. Um, I'm going to begin by telling you the, the topic I'm, I'm, I'm considering is an organization known as Sokagakai, or which translates literally as the Value Cre Creation Study Association, uh, founded in the 1930s not as a religion, but as a re educational reform movement that grew into Japan's largest modern religion, basically. Um, now claims uh, a, an exaggerated a number of 8.27 million households in Japan. Uh, the number is less interesting to me than, than the, the, the counter. That they, that, that, the, uh, the, the unit of measurement is the household, which is the same as what is used on the national census. Uh, a more likely uh, number is something like 3% of the Japanese population, which means that everyone in Japan uh, is familiar with a member, is related to a member, or is a member of Soka Gakkai. They have percolated through the entirety of, of, of the society. Uh, it also is uh, probably Japan's most successful religious export in terms of institutions, as uh, claims uh, 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 presence through Soka, SGI, Soka Gakkai International, in 192 countries and territories. It follows in uh, a minority lineage that emerges from a, a medieval uh, Buddhist founder uh, named Nichiren. Uh, um, and, but of course, as I'm going to explain, Soka Gakka comprises a great deal more than Nichiren Buddhism. And I think it's best conceived as the product of what I call the twin legacies. Uh, one is uh, lay uh, medieval Nichiren Buddhism. The other is modern Euro-American humanist imports. Um, and so I thought maybe a best way I can talk about this and the way that I, I the reasons why I, I, I have come to conceptualize the organization in terms of mimesis of the modern nation state, I can start with a story. And I'm going to leave some questions on, on, the, on the board as I tell the story. I've been, I'm the, uh, one of the only uh, non-member participant observers, as you can use in that ancient term. Uh, to spend years within Sokogakai, uh, of com you know, communities, especially at the grassroots level. Uh, I began in 2000. Uh, one of the first members I met when I began field work was a person I'm going to call Mrs. Shibata. Mrs. Shibata um, was the delivery person for Sokogakai's newspaper, which is called the Seikyo Shinbun, or the Holy Teachings News. It's uh, the, the third largest newspaper in Japan, a circulation of 5.5 million copies daily. Um, and so I moved into an, a small apartment in uh, a Chiba prefecture um, uh, sub suburb. It's kind of like the New Jersey of Japan. This is, uh, um, I contacted a friend. I said I wanted to order the, order the paper. I got in touch with the person who was delivering and asked if it would be OK if I started to attend meetings. And she said, yes, please, come attend meetings. And I was always quite upfront with not being a member, but wanting to be a researcher at that point. Uh, affiliated with the University of Tokyo, just arrived from Canada. So for years, Mrs. Shibata opened her home to me. Uh, she would leave long, kindly worded letters that she delivered when she delivered the paper asking about me and asking about my wife, Lauren. Um, she and her fellow local members welcomed me to the monthly meetings, they're called zadankai, or study sessions, 
Um, she would drive me to satellite broadcasts at nearby what are called bunka kaikang or culture centers, where we would hear the um, uh, speeches given by the honorary president Ikeda Daisaku. Um, I was taught how to chant properly. I was taught to touch the chant sections of the Lotus Sutra, sec, uh, skill, the skillful means chapter, and the um, the life life force chapter. Um, and to focus my eyes on the myoho of the Nam Myoho Renge Kyo and the central calligraphic mandala, wondrous dharma, how to sit seiza with my knees killing me for 25 minutes and getting to the exact point where I could do exactly 25 minutes. That's fine. Um, and other things like this. Um, I learned about the lives of the, of the local people through their testimonials, their everyday experiences. And eventually, even Mrs. Shibata got an award from Soka Gakkai for having high attendance at her meetings. And that was largely due to me. That would show up a lot. And she said, you contributed a lot. Thank you. So you have you know, this impact, of course, on everything you study. On October the 23rd in 2000, Lauren went to see a doctor at the University of Tokyo Hospital who found uh, what he described as a critical neurological condition. Um, he said, if it's cancer, we can't operate here. They'd taken an, an MRI of her brain, and there was a white dot uh, near, near the brain stem at, at a really horrible part of the brain. And he said that, um, well, you know, we, we will, you know, we're going to have to think about surgery. And so not being satisfied with that, uh, we flew to New York to consult with a neurosurgeon at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. I remained behind uh, for a few days to take care of loose ends before I was flying out. So I was at this point convinced that I may not be returning to Japan. I may not be uh, continuing this work at all, actually. Um, as I was cleaning the apartment, there was a knock on the door, and there stood a man named Mr. Inoue, district men's division leader. I'd met him once or twice before at larger local meetings. And Mrs. Shibata stood behind with an anxious look on her face. And, she, and he told me, if you chant to the gohonzon, to the object of worship, your wife will get well. He said, come with me now. We will come and chant together. Uh, I, I was angry at this being sort of taken advantage of at this weakest moment. Uh, and I shut the door in his face, basically. Uh, I told him I had no time for this. I was disgusted. Um, uh, I was also a little bit angry at Mrs. Shibata. I, I th thought I'd repeatedly stressed to her that, and to all the other members that I was there as a researcher, not as uh, an aspiring adherent. Um, we got went to New York. Uh, I had and, uh, other tests were taken, and then the, this doctor, who was this total New York stereotype, wonderful guy. So this is what I always tell my first-year med students: never believe anything you see in one picture. It turns out there was an artifact in the photo that was taken. She was totally fine. Um, <laughs> They, uh, and said, I never get to give people good, good news. Get out of my office. Go. And so we, we left. But we were, it was weeks before we finally returned to Chiba. And it was really strange to be back. I was because I was fully prepared to never see Japan again, actually. Uh, late November, I rang the doorbell at Mrs. Shibata's apartment. And she apologized immediately for our last meeting. She said, More than anything, she was worried that she had ruined our friendship when she let you know, I talk her into visiting me. And when I told her about the mistake that had been made at the University of Tokyo, uh, she looked relieved, but she didn't look surprised. Um, she then told me about the, the, how the local members had set up a, a chanting schedule on my wife's behalf. Um, they had, um, I said, as soon as we learned about her health, we set up a schedule. For six weeks, ten local members, all members uh, except for a couple of exceptions from the married women's division, like her, chanted every day in half-hour shifts from 7 a.m. till noon at their altars, and they would phone the next person to take, uh, take up the next section of the, uh, the chant, of chanting the repeated uh, invocations of the title of the Lotus Sutra. Um, and so uh, she also revealed that, uh, observing this, a young man whom her daughter had started dating was so impressed when he saw this family chanting together, particularly for a health of a non-member, 
that he converted to Soka Gakka. He converted, he received uh, an object of worship. So you never know what the impact of your, of your connections through, these, uh, through ethnography. Um, my friendship with the Shibato family anchored my life in Japan for, for years, actually. Mrs. Shibato's daughter and her boyfriend, they got engaged, but they ended up splitting up, actually, because his family objected to his becoming a member of Soka Gakka, a highly stigmatized organization. Uh, I was ambushed twice more by, by Mrs. Sh uh, Shibata. Uh, once uh, she had actually uh, taken a, a group photo and cut out my face and put it into what is known as a, a kibokado, a wish card that is like the part of the extraordinary amount of uh, paperwork that you have to fill out in order to actually fully register as an adherent within, within the organization. Um, I did not go along with this. But, and then after that, I responded negatively to that and I ended up walking out of another meeting, actually. Uh, we patched it up, our relationship, and she said that my son would have been almost exactly your age. He, she had a, a one-year-old infant who died, her middle child. And so there was an emotional connection there that transcended a certain amount of, uh, sort of uh, you might call this sort of the mandate to convert. We reached a sort of understanding after that. She brought me to block block and district study meetings. I learned the rhythm of member testimonials, how they engage with Sokagakai texts. She, I went with her on her newspaper delivery um, uh, things and learned the, the subtle the techniques for having to fold the paper carefully so it doesn't make noise when it goes through the door. All <laughs> kinds of things like this in all weather. She talked in terms about having she got this kind of society she joined as being one of these tough early morning workers. Uh, you know, talking with, uh, getting to know the, the, uh, the, the Asahi newspaper and the Yomiuri newspaper, young dudes who are on the motorcycles, and she was part of that group, and she considered this to be sort of like the, the elite of a sort. So it became clear to me after a while that she conceived of her gakkai responsibilities in what I would think of as vocational terms. This was, uh, her, her attempts to convert me were certainly driven by personal motivations, but they're also part of a list of responsibilities that came with her practice and with her offices that she held within the organization. Um, and in, later, a few years later, I, I met up with her in 2007. She'd moved to the center of Japan, to Aichi Prefecture, and she was exhausted. She was spending every day traveling back and forth between her city and a neighboring municipality to help out with elections for Soka Gakkai's affiliated political party, Komeito, the Clean Government Party. Even though at that point, uh, Komeito had basically no hope of getting elected. Um, she said that this, uh, nonetheless, she was forcing herself into this. And she said that at that point something really interesting to me. She said, I look forward to retiring, retiring at the age of 60. And I, but at first I was, I, I was cynical about that. I was like, retiring for what? You've never drawn a salary. You've never had a job. But then I, thought, then I rethought this, and actually you have had a job. You've had, you've had a vocation within this organization. And, that, um, and she, the, the word that she used in Japanese is taishoku, to, to retire. And the word that's used for these responsibilities is yakushoku, or the sort of like uh, responsibilities within the organization. This leads me to uh, what I'm talking about. I'm going to come back to the, the history, but Sokogakai is generally conceived of as a lay Buddhist organization, which it certainly is. Um, and so the cent central to this are the, is the maintenance of these practices, uh, mostly ritual, but also the reading of the works of, of the founder Nichiren, to a certain extent, understanding uh, the Lotus Sutra, and largely also the, uh, the uh, understanding of Buddhism via uh, an, uh, an expanding li library of texts that explain it from uh, the perspective of, of the current uh, honorary president Ikeda. And if you look at resources on Sokogakai, for the most part, they fall into the sort of new religions or the Buddhist studies camp. And so this, for example, is a plate from the Encyclopedia of New Religions in the 90s. It's still used a lot, actually, which emphasizes the Nietzschean and Buddhist elements. This is a translation of the organizational chart the Sokogakai produces for itself. 
and it's little, this screen is small, but it mostly resembles uh, the, the, the hierarchy of a modern nation state, or a military, or a corporation, which are all actually focused on the civil service. They're all, that's that's the, the, the canonical model for this. Uh, floating above everything is this honorary president, but below this are a series of other of, of vice presidents, presidents, all the vice presidents and presidents are male. The women have the only way they have to go upwards through this is to be part of the women's the married women's division. There's no married men's division, uh, and uh, the young women's division. I spent all of my time basically down here at the very bottom, and this this section is replicated 13 times across the entirety. Uh, it's mapped onto Japan. It's mapped onto the the, the modern polity. Um, aspects of Sokogakai that lead me into this that, that um, I think in, so Hiroko and I have had this conversation so she's chiding me for saying you know the, the, the theory should emerge from the, from the, the hermeneutic of, of the material itself and I absolutely agree but it also if you're dealing with an organization that is um, it's consciously modeling itself on uh, other reference then you have to take seriously the, the research that's been done on those reference, and because that, that actually is sometimes being explicitly drawn on by the group itself. Um, the organization, uh, Colmeto, is, is, is the most sort of obvious sort of, uh, sort of fusion with the modern nation state, and they, there are lots of other things, though. They, they don't meet in temples. They split from their uh, temple Buddhist parent in 1991. Uh, but they, they meet in, since they've, for their entire history, they've met in what are called uh, culture centers, memorial, lecture halls. There's a focus basically on educational organizations, educational institutions, and they meet uh, to, in studies, Zarankai. And Zarankai in uh, the early 20th century in Japan were kind of a mainstay of uh, sort of petty bourgeois life uh, in, 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 the, uh, in the main, in the cities. I mentioned the newspaper. There's a massive uh, media empire, actually, and this is a, a large, also produces an enormous amount of money. Uh, it's estimated that the Seiko Shimbun alone generates a billion dollars U.S. in sales every year. Um, they have a flag, which uh, the sharp-eyed among you will notice is uh, the section of the international Buddhist flag, as we were discussing yesterday, that Henry Steele Olcott created in 1885 taken out and then rendered into what looks much more like a national flag. And that is, uh, it's the somewhat mutable. It can be uh, vertical or horizontal. And there's sometimes in the middle a, a, um, a stylized eightfold lotus, which is a reference to the Lotus Sutra, but that's often removed. Um, there is what also this, as I mentioned, this proliferating uh, library of texts. Uh, Soka Gakkai's history is narrated through a roman a clé. Uh, it's a type of serialized novel that anonymizes everyone except for the central characters. Um, uh, in this case, telling the, the, the history of Sokogaka through its founding presidents, Makiguchi, Toda, and Ikeda, um, which is treated by the members as, as a, a revealed truth and is understood, to, it has to be memorized. And what I refer to as a participatory canon because it's still being written. And so if you are sufficiently virtuous in the eyes of the organization, sections of your own biography can be contained and thereafter canonized. You can live on in the collective memory of the organization. This also helps us think, I think, about new religions, which is a, not a topic we've talked about yet, but there's something about the temporality that, that's, 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 that's uh, there are advantages to the temporality that are not necessarily available to our older traditions, at least not in the same way. Um, there's a fo fixation on this category of culture um, especially uh, evocative 19th century her heroic romanticism. 
Um, I played violin with a Soka Gakkai orchestra for four and a half years. We played only Beethoven. We played Beethoven from Beethoven's Symphony 3 to 8, with a lot of other, other pieces as well. And uh, Beethoven's Ninth is uh, performed all the time by, by other groups within Sokogak. Napoleon's also real good. Um, at root, though, is, and, like, and this actually, uh, Professor Gombrich yesterday mentioned Ernest Gellner talking about the nature of the nation. And one of the, point, the major points that Gellner makes is, of course, the, the, the centrality of the uh, standardized educational system. And so uh, I think it's very significant that Soka Gakkai is a Gakkai, which means study association, and so is able to draw in pretty distinctive and, and enviable ways, potentially, on its legacies, its educational legacies, to, to uh, appeal to the, an aspiration for educational legitimacy and has uh, built a, a massive um, uh, private educational network, including uh, most recently 2001, Soka University of America, which it's worth mentioning has an endowment of $1 billion and 400 students. Um, so, um, and, uh, but more importantly, and through my fieldwork, uh, the training in Buddhist uh, doctrine took the form of modern standardized education, was focused on tests and exams uh, in the Japanese uh, system. And so, um, and it, so basically, uh, thank you, uh, there is this capacity within the organization to be cared for from cradle to grave. The graves are worth paying attention to as well. Soka Gakkai man, uh, maintains 13 different graves, massive grave sites, memorial parks are called. And as you can see, do not look much like the, uh, a, a Buddhist uh, grave site in a temple. This is actually specifically modeled in Arlington Cemetery outside of Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. In fact, I was told by the people when I visited there that uh, they thought Arlington was a little cheap. But the, the, gray, the, 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 the stones were a little small, and so they wanted to create something much more splendid. Fascinatingly, at each of these sites, uh, graves for Makiguchi, Toro, and Ikeda, the three founding presidents, are present. Ikeda is still alive, we think. Um, but his pres affectively, his presence is there with all of the remains of the families of the Sokogakai members, and the uh, Lotus Sutra is, is broadcast over all of them. Uh, this particular site, uh, the, they flattened the top of a mountain and built access roads. It cost 400 million US dollars to build it. Um, so the money actually is worth, I think uh, it sometimes is, it's used by tabloid press as a way to sort of like, you know, castigate organizations, particularly big organizations like Sokogakai. Lots of reasons to look at money, but one of the, for the purpose of this particular model, I would say that the, 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 uh, the, the enormous financial resources of the organization allows Sokogakai to build and maintain uh, state-like enterprises that actually at least match and sometimes exceed the capacity of the nation state itself. And so it can actually um, not just sit on its laurels, uh, aspiring for legitimacy of, for the unmatched model that is of, of the nation itself, they can build it. And they have built uh, the working equivalent of, 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 of a of a modern nation state. There are lots of caveats that I, that I bring up in the paper about why this is a heuristic, why it's an aspirational model. And so if you're a, a political scientist, as I was mentioning, keen on you know, going through the checklist of every, every component of, of the modern nation state, you may or may not be able to find them. But there are a few that are also worth mentioning. So for example, uh, this is the Shinanomachi headquarters in central uh, Tokyo. Shina, uh, near Shinjuku, it's uh, about a, a, a square kilometer of real estate, some of the most expensive real estate in the world. It's essentially uh, sovereign territory, maintained at, like, like the 1,200 other uh, Bunka Kaikang, 
by uh, the working equivalent of, of uh, security forces, uh, especially trained cadres within the young men's division who uh, may have uh, radios and otherwise uh, uh, pr project a, a sense of, of ownership and force. Um, and there's also a sense of coercion within the organization itself. There are costs for questioning the, the orthodoxy. And um, violence is part of this, but I think we need to think uh, more, more sophisticated ways about what violence might include. Um, it's not necessarily, you can, be, you can hit someone without being coercive, and you can be terribly coercive without being violent. And so very often, that that's, tends to be the form that we're seeing. Also, I would argue the form of the state itself. That instead of being violent, we're talking about people who are being interpolated in the uh, Althusser sense, inter interpolated into, the, into this modern nation-state-like framework, um, in, that, into these institutions that resemble the morphological features of the only power structure that really brooks no rival. Um, and so this, uh, one reason for this is its success in being an educationally oriented opportunity, which has uh, been the mainstay of all modern nation states. Here are my questions. This is a Buddhist organization. Much of what I just talked about doesn't look a lot like Buddhism. Um, nonetheless, I, I, I am trying to get a foothold on the massive literature. And frankly, Southeast Asia is way ahead of what's going on in the study of Japan in terms of looking at nationalisms generally, actually, but especially in Buddhist senses. I am convinced that there are connections, resonances, and actually even possibly uh, historical legacies that will feed into the broader discourses of Buddhist nationalism that we can see at work in Sokogakai, and possibly even looking the other way, where this kind of model of uh, creating a mimetic version of the nation-state within a nation-state without claiming nation-state status yourself uh, might be at work elsewhere as well. And so this is the kind of, uh, I'm hoping for feedback along those lines. And I think I'll just leave it at that. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it.